here we are, guys. We're yes. doing it one more time. Mm-hmm. You know, we thought we'd continue. Keep this, keep this podcast thing going. Yeah. You know, see where it takes us. See where it leads yeah. us. Um, <clears throat> this week is a little crazy. It's the literal biggest part of Carnival. Yes. In the entire whatever, and this will come out on Lundi Gras. Yes. Which is my birthday. Your birthday. Yes. I've seen that this. T- have you seen this online where they kind of, this is deep craw? Oh, instead of Mardi no. Gras, it's deep craw because we're deep into. Got it. Mardi I get it. I'm 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 here for it. I'm on board with it. But if you're not from New Orleans. I think we may have discussed this before. But yeah. it's not just Mardi Gras day. No, it is. Yes, people days mistake. Days. It's Carnival season. Right. Mardi Gras is one day, right. but this is Mardi Gras weekend. Yes, which about is to lead up to correct. Mardi Gras day, Madness. so we can call it Mardi Gras weekend. Yes, yes. So, so we've got Endymion on Saturday. Yes, my brother's in Toth on Sunday. Yes, I will be in Spanish Plaza. Lundi Gras Monday Your for Lundi Gras on my birthday. Yeah. Um. So You're that'll be need fun. A, a costume. Obviously, yes, on your birthday. Obviously, I did. I spent a lot of money at Flirty Girl the other day, nice. so I got like all my my outfits. Shout out Flirty Girl! I know. Shout out Flirty Girl. We love Flirty Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I got all my outfits. I'm ready to go. Awesome. I've got everything I need. Is there some glitter? Some sequins? always glitter involved. Thank you. Always glitter yes, involved. Never. A little bit of sequin. Always glitter. Oh yeah. Obviously. Yes. I mean, please. It's not. Uh-huh. It's not carnival without glitter you're not doing it right yeah if your house isn't like a glitter bomb went off right you didn't you didn't do it right no people you didn't no so yeah so that's I mean we're kind of just trying to get it get through it mm-hmm. I got nothing else going on that's what I'm <laughs> trying to nope. barrel on through and kind of be done with it yes and you know I went to the grocery store in preparation mm. because what most of us know right preparing for Mardi Gras is like preparing for uh, storms coming. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So you, you it's to, like you haven't eaten anything right. in, in eight weeks, so you have to stock well, up everything. You have to make sure you have toilet paper. Obviously. Do you have coffee? Right. Do you have the things to make a Bloody Mary? 100%. Like, it, it, vital. These are vital things. Vital. Yeah. yeah. Vital to the situation, so, for sure. Yeah. I mean, is it even a parade if you don't have all your toiletries? Exactly. And necessities? So. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I feel that. I bet mm-hmm. the grocery store was... A hot mess. Yes. So I heard the Dornyak's ugh, liquor aisle alone was. Oh, I'm sure it's gone. Crazy. Yeah. My. So I'm excited though because speaking of liquor, always. Um, I'm excited because my best friends got me. Two of my best friends got me. Um, Katie unfortunately lives in Ponchatoula. Katie, uh-huh. my bestie. Yes. Um. Also, sometimes our Big Easy Spirits podcast intern. Um, yes, we love. Her. <laughs> Shout out, Katie. Thank you so much. Um, but two of my other best friends got me for Endymion's kind of going to be like my birthday party ish. Awesome. So, yeah. um, they got me a um, wine bra. What? So I can stick a whole bottle of wine nice. in this bra and take it with me. Okay. And sip wine out of my bra. That's amazing. <laughs> I need a photo of this. <laughs> I will definitely, yeah. Um, shout out to the girls from. Wow. Uh, well, the one one girl from, and that's why we drank Christine. She talked about her wine bra. That's um, amazing. When they went on a uh, investigation of sorts. Okay. And I was like, 
Gotta, gotta get one it. of those. Yes. I mean, how do I not already have that already? I, I drink mean, so much wine. Well, yeah. So how do I not so. have clothing that also incorporates said wine? Yeah, I've heard of the the purses that hold like a oh no, girl thing this of is, bronzia, but this is oh yeah, I mean, wow. this is a sports bra full of wine. And you have the bracelet we gave you. So True. You yes. Have a bracelet, I have all of flask, the things. Yeah. And a wine bra <laughs> right I'm I'm prepared <laughs> I may try to put daiquiri in it too I thought I'd experiment with it Ooh, but that's gonna get hot true I know I'm, be... I'm still I'm troubleshooting I'm still working it out yeah I'm still trying to figure mm-hmm. it out but mm-hmm. so I'm excited about that okay. I will stay tuned everyone I will let you know how the I, wine bra this I have to went know. down I, I will know. let you know if it's worth the five-star Amazon review. I would so. try to walk over and see you on Endymion. It's but chaos. I don't think I can get to you. Chaos. <laughs> it's too far yeah. through the madness. It's a little, it's a so. hot mess. So anyway. we'll see. Maybe yeah. I'll bring my wine bra to Lindy Gras. Yes. I'll just pop some wine in there for when we're walking around. I think you should. I know. I don't see yeah. why not. Save some money. True. Truth. You know. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I usually make Linda awesome. buy everything on my birthday, so. Well, she should because... I mean, she is the one that did all the work on the True. day I was born. Yeah, yeah. But, you yes. know, I was ready to get out of there. I was two weeks early. I was like, I got a piece out of this bitch. Yeah. So. Right. So I make her pay for shit. There you go. Well, she probably likes it. I think she does. Yeah. We'll see. I don't yeah. know. Linda, leave a comment. Yeah. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So we're here. This is pharm- the pharmacist part, part two. two. Yes. We ended. What an epic. Right. Yeah. We ended right where things were. We thought things had revved up. Right. But oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. Right. The end of episode two and then three and four mm. mm-hmm. took you for a ride, man. Literally, it starts with him being chased in his car. A hundred percent. Like he's literally chased chase. in a vehicle. Yes. This pharmacist, this like middle-aged pharmacist who's just trying to you know do some shit catch some criminals yep you know trying to Liam Neeson some people (laughs) then gets in a car chase right and I'm like Mr. Dan what are we doing here yeah so yeah I think last time we ended with the trial yes Jeffrey surprise surprise Mm. the betrayal of the century really I mean please so Jeffrey, that douche, mm-hmm. was, you know, lied to Mr. Dan, did all of that, and then was convicted. Right. He went to jail. Um, our sweet, sweet Shane no yeah. longer lives here, which I think she's very happy about. Bless her. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I think she is what 100% a, happy. What a hero. But, mm-hmm. I mean, give her a statue. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But then it starts back up with, our pharmacist. Yes. Our noticing, original podcaster. Yes. Noticing the people, young people are coming yes. in for very, very high doses of painkillers. Painkillers. Yes. Um, Oxycontin to be right. exact, which I was like, I mean, that's like a whole thing right now. Everybody mm-hmm. is really like on that. Um, intervention the show intervention turned a whole season to just about that one thing right you know that one type of addiction yes so it's kind of like all over the place but I didn't realize I didn't realize a couple of things which we'll get to and Mm -hmm. I I was kind of surprised by by a lot of the stuff that Mr. Dan yes unearthed correct shall we from from this whole situation so So, yeah he so he went back to work mm -hmm. after Danny's trial well Jeffrey's trial for murdering Danny um 
to his little pharmacist, Mr. Claude, yeah. who's his boss, who I just like love. I know. And he says it in such a yat accent. It like Mr. made Claude. my yat heart yeah. so happy. I love it. But um, so yeah, so he goes back to work and like you said, he starts noticing all of these, not even just young people, but like everyone coming in, coming buying in. like, and like not buying, getting prescriptions filled for like right. huge Way too doses much. of mm-hmm. this painkiller, like mm-hmm. unnecessary doses. And like even Mr. Dan's like, you don't look like you have anything wrong yeah, he with would you. Question so like, what's them. happening? And yeah. he would start to question them, of course, while recording them. <laughs> obviously. Obviously he's got he his goes nowhere. Tape recorder. Have half recorder will cha- will travel. Seriously. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he starts basically he sees a trend right. of this happening. And he starts kind of like I guess like because his son died from oh, yeah. a drug you know, drug related incident, he kinda had like a little bit of a soft spot for it. Yeah. His red flags were Right. And his, you know, obviously now he yeah. is master sleuth. Right. So But he... also his boss was like, You gotta stop asking all these questions of the patient. Right. Because he was starting to like <laughs> Mr. Claude was not yes. not happy about He's this like, loss of business. You gotta here. leave them alone and right. let them refill their so painkiller. Yeah, he's like, just let like, what are we supposed to, you know? They have a prescription. Say about it, and right. he even says like in pharmacy school, mm-hmm. addiction was not talked about. Like that wasn't a thing right. that they, which is crazy, discussed. Which, but I guess like if you went to pharmacy school in like the fifties, sixties. Yeah, I mean he'd been practicing True. pharmacy for what, maybe the sixties, maybe the sixties, seventies, yeah. something like that. Part. Yeah, yeah. He's not that old. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Dan. Sorry. <laughs> we don't need to age you. <laughs> so, yeah. So then they introduce a couple of people yeah. into the story, kind of like they did with Shane and Jeffrey in the first right. the first two um, episodes. And um, there's like a lot. There's a lady who they just categorize as M. Right. Like that's just um, yeah. how she said. And she, you know, she starts talking about how a lot of people, because St. Bernard has a lot of the oil refineries and right. like all that kind of stuff, that people were um hurting themselves and getting injured so that's how Mm -hmm. oxycontin was introduced into Mm -hmm. their life and then their family's lives as well so it kind of like started like how it was supposed to right with being like you know people that were actually injured yes and then kind of blew the fuck up right and went a little right little insane yeah and and she when we see her she's not this is a fairly young yeah, like she's like not, she's, yeah, she's not, you know, no. old or anything, and she she's, looks good now, looks so great. she said, you know, she said yeah. she got help and stuff, but she's basically starts telling the story about how, yeah. why St. Bernard became right this epicenter a for, hub, yeah, a hub for Oxycontin and painkiller use. Right. Um. So then we get introduced to Robbie. I know. Sweet. Sweet angel Robbie. <laughs> he looks like I such a good guy. I know. I'm like, look at you. Sad. That's sad that he got on. I know. You know, had a had a drug problem, but it turned it um, around. Turned it around yeah. and then becomes like a key part oh, of really? Mr. Dan's whole True. whole situation. So Mr. Yeah. Dan, you know, we, we get introduced to these two people. They're kind of telling us about the lay of the land of mm-hmm. drug use in St. Bernard. And then Mr. Dan realizes He's like, I need to look into this a little bit more. So yeah. he gets on his little, he tabby taps on his computer and gets <laughs> all the prescriptions listed out, like by who got them, the frequency and how much, and mm-hmm. like all of this, like the master sleuth that he is. Oh my goodness. Um, 
And so tech savvy. I, I know. Like, yes, Mr. Dan. To. I was like, yeah. I didn't even know that was I possible. Wouldn't think even now. I didn't that. know that was possible. Right. So yeah, I was like, go ahead, Mr. Dan. Um, and then he notices mm-hmm. that all almost I think he says like 80 percent of more than that. I think like 90 something percent of all of these prescriptions for Oxycontin were coming from one doctor. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Dr. Jacqueline R. Cleggett. Cleggett. Dr. Cleggett is quite a piece of work. She. Oh, my. Do I have some things to say about her? Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. I will I will say. So we get into this, and Robbie, Robbie comes into play because um, Robbie goes to right. the pharmacy that Mr. Dan works at, and Mr. Dan starts asking him, like, who is this doctor? Like, why are you getting this? Whatever. Right. Well, Robbie tells him that she was a pediatrician. Right. Turned pain management specialist. Right. Casually you, you as one does. Having her as your child's pediatrician. Now seeing her? Mm. Absolutely not. Like Mm-mm. knowing everything that she started to do. Like oh absolutely goodness. not. Yeah. I will say though at this time, so she had a practice in New Orleans East. Right. So New Orleans East now is not exactly the greatest part of the city. Right. Um, it's trying to come back, but it's, it's trying to come back. It got very struggling. devastated by Hurricane Katrina right. and um yeah. that kind of just that part of the city just kind of well, it's been ignored. It was ignored. Largely. Yeah, it was. It was. It was super ignored. So now there's yeah. a lot of crime that happens there. Yes. There's a lot of, you know, I'm sure drugs and and all yeah. of that. But they're trying to switch it around. They're and trying. so I, you know, I I have high hopes for that. Me too. Um, but yeah. So they're showing different parts of uh, New Orleans East, and they show where this lady's um <laughs> where this lady's practices. And I was watching this with my mom, and she looks at me and she goes, "I wish that they would show parts." of this the other parts of the city and like not all of these videos from right after Katrina and I'm like what are you talking about and she's like all of these pictures of like all over the city like this was during Katrina and I'm like no homegirl it's not sad that is right now like that is how it looks at this moment I'm like one I appreciate that you think in 2005 they had cameras that were this good and this clear we did not Um, so I was like appreciate that but no girl and she goes oh it's kind of shocking like yeah Yeah. that's what it looks like I mean she does not venture to New Orleans East nor did a lot of people Mm -hmm. um so but it was just hysterical (laughs) I was like oh mom no um so, yeah, so we see it's this little, like, yellow building. Mm-hmm. Kind of looks like it's, like, a yellow that you think that they would use on some sort of kid thing. Yes, very cheerful. Um, and Robbie tells us, Robbie, who is a Robbie. larger gentleman, yes. tells us that he would go, they would go to yes. this place, and it literally had kid chairs in it and right. kid he toys. He the- couldn't sit in the chairs. <laughs> exactly. because And, like, no one did. People were just standing around because – it was a pediatrician's office. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, but then I'm also like, what is addiction where you're like totally cool going into a pediatrician's office to, to go like score oxy? Like yeah. what's happening? I also just want to note real quickly that I, I put on my list of topics, liver and onions at Choney's. Oh. <laughs> yes. So obvious. <laughs> I mean, of. So. <laughs> Mr. Dan and Robbie <laughs> head to the Shones, as my friend's grandma used to call oh, it, really? the Shones, <laughs> um, 
to meet up to talk about all, this, all of this yeah. stuff. And was it Mr. Dan or Robbie that ordered the liver and onions? I can't remember. I just wrote Somebody, down liver and onions, but I'm like, not a hamburger. No. Not like a meatloaf. Specifically. Blue special. Liver and onions. Liver. It's such a question mark. Old school. <laughs> it must have been Mr. Dan. Maybe. I don't know. Liver <laughs> can't. I'm I know sorry. some old school people that in, are in their 70s currently. If that is their, <laughs> they love liver and onions. I mean, it's you do you of, if it was Mr. Dan. You do you, Mr. Dan. You live your life. You live your life, sir. I just was like, mm. But, okay. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. So, Robbie tells Mr. Dan, basically, that she would give three different prescriptions to everyone. Right. Which they called <clears throat> the Holy Trinity. Right. Um, Which I'm, like, kind of like, okay, well, we also use that for a cooking reference and yeah, I don't really little... appreciate that so yeah. I'm like rude because I feel like when yeah. you hear the, the trinity, trinity you automatically think some sort of really delicious food's gonna come out of it and not like a really bad drug problem absolutely that's so shame. that was kind of like yeah, that's womp, a bummer womp. Yeah. yeah but it's not our trinity no it's not a New Orleans trinity no. um but so the trinity was oxycontin xanax and soma I never heard of Soma before. No, I, d- I didn't know what that was Yeah, either. I didn't know what that was. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Robbie said that's what she mm-hmm. gave everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody got all three, mm-hmm. you know, and and it was a, basically a new – you mixed it, mm-hmm. essentially, and it was like a new way to take a drug. I just which can't even imagine. Me, yeah, that, like, terrifies it me. It is terrifying. So, yeah, so I actually – I said earlier in the 90s, it was 99% of all the prescriptions – for these hardcore drugs were coming from Dr. Cleggett in this one little small right. pharmacy. And this is not just New Orleans, right? It's like the no. entire region. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, and the ta- yeah. They talk to the drug rep. Right. And he's like, this is doing more business than the entire totally, totally. country, I think. Right. So obviously, Mr. Dan's not happy about this. Right. And so he needs a cause. He, <laughs> he needs a new crusade. He's not just going to... I mean, like, oh well, that's do not we my think problem. this man's gonna gonna let this let Doctor Cleggett just ruin his community? Hell no, don't think so. Mm-mm. This man went all through the Ninth War. You think he's scared of Doctor Cleggett? Oh no, no, ma'am, Mm-mm. no, ma'am, he's not. So, Mister Claude, like you said before, <laughs> tells him he has to give if there's a prescription and it goes through, he has to yes, give it to him. That's right. But he starts asking all kinds of questions yeah. and um, realizes. That also from Robbie realizes mm-hmm. that all of this like interaction with her is happening at like one in the morning. Right. She would not arrive to work until 11 p.m. Right. Crazy. Like Which bananas. Is, like what is. Yeah. I don't even. I don't even know. Um, and so thanks to Robbie's sleuthing. Right. Um, Mr. Dan starts like going mm-hmm. and like sitting outside of this place. And mind you, she then moves to a bigger facility because her practice, yes. everyone knows, all the drug people know to right. go to her mm-hmm. to get the drugs. And so she gets a bigger building. Right. In Chalmette. In Chalmette. Yeah. And it is like. This big cinder block yeah. looking square. It's crazy. And people are coming in and out of it. It's With like. an NOP. Yes. Officer. And so Mr. Dan realizes yeah. that there's NOPD there just like. At the door. Chilling yeah. at the door. Was it in Chalmette though? Yeah, it was. That it was. second one was in Chalmette. The second one. Yeah. yeah. And so 
the NOPD is just like a part of this. So he's yeah. like, well, fuck, who am I supposed to go to now? I can't right. go to the police. So right. what am I supposed to do now? Right. Um, and obviously he's recording everything. Right. Obviously he's asking all the questions, recording people in the pharmacy, recording right. himself, talking to himself outside the pharmacy. Right. And, and all of these. These are not just like one or two people going in and out. There are lines of people. Robbie says that some people wait two days. Two days. At that facility. Right. So Robbie goes in and tells them, like, your visit is $250. And there's like the staff fee of a hundred dollars, right. so you're paying three fifty when you walk into that thing. So right. I'm like, right? How are you? How? I don't know. Okay. And so one, I'm like, who the fuck has three fifty to go in there? Right. And then um, they would get their yeah. So if you paid, you were guaranteed. If you paid in full, you were guaranteed to be seen within the hour. Right. But Robbie said the longest he waited was 12 hours right. and a friend had sat there for two, two fucking two days. days. Two days. Well, what? I don't, and first of all, I don't understand, like, because she's just writing prescriptions. Like, she's got Yeah, almost, so what the fuck are you doing? Like, why for, are you waiting Yeah, for why so are you waiting for that long? Unless, like, you just hang out there and wait for her to come back. Right. I don't understand. Because she just had the... She, all she did was just... She even had... So Robbie then like said... Xerox Yeah, Robbie then stuff. said that he, he worked for a printer company. Right. And, like, fixed a printer for her. And she tried to, like, pay, pay him, him in prescriptions that she already had filled out. Like, right. there were, like, papers of prescriptions. Right. Same... The same dosage, same thing, same whatever, with her name on it. Right. Just waiting for the person's name to be filled in. Right. And he was like, I can't... Take, take that. that I work for an actual company right and so this bitch goes in the back gets tells her NOPD officer person right like hey you need to tell this man to um take these and basically the NOPD officer is like it would it, it would not be in your best interest to not take these right. and take get the these, fuck out get the fuck out get yeah. the fuck out and he's just trying to do his job Right. He's Robbie. just like, I'm just trying to, like, what? do what I need to do. Like, yeah. shit. So then he's like, got to take the prescriptions. What do you do? Go back to your boss and be like, hi, they uh, paid me in um, painkillers. <laughs> and I'm not really sure. Do you want me to sell them and then bring the money back? To- oh my God. Like, how should we work this right. monetarily out? <laughs> like, it's just it's like, terrible. Yeah. So. And crazy. It, it, bananas. Crazy. I mean, like. Gwen Stefani, shit is bananas. Yeah. Like it was just too much to even to even deal with. So I have a, a number written down yeah. here too. It says that she wrote one hundred and eighty-two thousand prescriptions for OxyContin in one year. Eighty-two, one hundred and eighty-two thousand in one year. That's what? That's insane. Yeah, insanity. So and this was only for St. Bernard. Yes. But obviously people were maybe coming from outside the area. I don't know. I mean, they know. had to. I feel like I, y- yeah. you had to. There's no. I mean, yeah, because he said that's just from. That's just from his pharmacy. Right. So it's like it's right. not even who the fuck knows. He can get into any of the other pharmacies. So it could be literally anywhere. Right. You know, and I wonder, I wonder what like the protocol is though. Like, can you just go to Walgreens and like get this oh, massive know. amount of oxycotton? Like, I don't know. So weird. And then I also had a whole like insurance question too, because I was like, do you have to pay right. the whole amount for the whole amount for this oxy? Like, right? 
how much does oxy and cost right if it's not covered by insurance i don't know i don't know that either i don't take oxy but Me neither so i got nothing mm. i have no idea so first of all they're shelling out sometimes 350 dollars just for the paper just for that and then on top of that you have to buy right but then i guess like if you were selling to, because Robbie said some people would come back to right, Claggett's right. office and he sell to other that. people waiting there. Right, that's right. So it's like, yeah. I mean, fuck, I would have just done that. Jeez. Why go in and see her? Just stand out there. Someone's going to eventually give you something. Wait there for two days? No, no. I would just go whenever I needed it yeah. and wait outside. And I guess they those people were probably buying, what, like five pills at a time or whatever yeah. they wanted, you know, or could afford at that moment. Right. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't afford... No, that, that much. I mean, the three fifty, and then on top of that, you had a yeah, your prescription yeah. cost. I don't know. He also made it seem like Robbie also made it seem like though, even if people didn't pay the full three fifty, they were still getting. They would still get something. Mm-hmm. So like, you just had to pay mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. I can't. Ima- I I can't imagine how much money this woman was bringing in. Uh, I mean, I, I don't. It had to be an insane amount. Yeah. Insane amounts. Um. Which doesn't, yeah. which we'll talk about later, but like if you, we're going to talk about it later, but her lifestyle does not reflect the fact no. that she's making all no, this no, money. No, 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 Yeah. So, right. So then Mr. Dan, who I said, he said, quote, I couldn't just look the other way. We know, not. Dan. We got it. <laughs> Your wife is we like, know. could you please this one time? Yeah. Miss Anne's like, can we just not? Can we just can we just get through a fucking Christmas? Right. Can we just like chill out? We've been please? through enough here. Right. Oh, my God. So Dan, Mr. Dan sends info to the FBI right. and is like, homies, what's happening yeah. here? Like something's got to got to be going on. And they come back and say that the DEA is already on it. The Drug Enforcement Agency is already on it. Right. And that they They should meet with him. Like, he should meet with them. Like, go to the DEA and, like, you know, tell them and and talk to them. Which I'm like, could you imagine just strolling casually as, like, a regular person (laughs) into the FBI and just being like, yo – Hey, I got all of these guys, recordings. Look at all these cassette tapes that I have. <laughs> look at my cassette tapes. Shall we listen to them together? Do you want to sit? Should I get popcorn? I'll buy. I'll bring the drinks. Right. We can all kumbaya it. And, hours and, and hours of right. recording. Yeah. Right. And so he goes, obviously, to the DEA because, mm-hmm. again, he just couldn't look the other he way. He can't help he himself. couldn't look the other way, actually. No. no. So Robbie goes with him because yeah. Dan's like, Robbie's been on the inside, yo. Like, he yeah. knows what's happening. Yeah. He's actually bought drugs. I'm like, do they tell Robbie, like. Oh, Robbie. I know. I'm like, I'm like I felt like in all this part, I was like, could Robbie get arrested? I know. I was a little worried for his safety there. Like, is somebody going to do Aww. something to Robbie? Because I'd be very sad about that. Yeah. So we meet a couple of people from the DEA, and I forgot their names, but there's this sweet older black woman and this white woman that has, like, this weird smoker voice who, like, looks like she kicks some ass. Yeah. Um, They're both badasses in their own way. Yeah. Both. But it looks like the white lady was definitely the the brawn of the situation. So uh, they basically are like, we're not going to tell you. This is an ongoing investigation. We're not going to tell you. Um, However, they said that they did start the investigation a year earlier Mm -hmm. on my birthday. Don't know if you caught that. I did not. (laughs) I was like, what, what? Drug bust on my birthday. (laughs) Um, So February 24th, 2000. Okay. They started – they started the investigation, and so the DEA agent says that um, 
at that time, Cleggett saw an average of 76 patients a day. That's crazy. Crazy. And so this other lady comes on who's a doctor. Like, think about that. Like it's insane. That's well, that's crazy. what she says. So this yeah. other this they interview this doctor of right. psychology. Right. And so she's like a therapist. She gives out, you know, like yeah. all of that. So they interview her and she's like, if if people see a 20 patients, that's like an insane day. Like that's yeah. a lot. So she's like, to imagine that, you know, three times plus times that, like yeah. is Almost four times that is what you're seeing in a day or in a night. Let's be real. It was all at night. Like in a night. She's like, you're just fun. You're not really actually sitting there and talking to them about their pain, talking to them about anything. Like if you're seeing 76 people, I would one. I I could not see 76 people in a day. If I saw 76 people in a day, I would have like a meltdown and I would be in the fetal position in the corner of a room somewhere. That's why I don't understand why are people there two days if she's just like right you she's know, just dishing it out I'm like so who's there like, for two days her, I bet her and, hand got tired of signing this right. thing right so and then they um the DEA also sent in an undercover and he said that there was no exam no and they weren't he wasn't asked what causes pain she just gave the prescriptions right and every one of her patients paid in cash right so then yeah. the part that freaking blew my mind was in 2001 she deposited almost two million dollars in cash that year that's crazy two million dollars yeah in cash what <laughs> like, I don't know what you know I was when they said that I was I mean obviously I know the drug industry like drug not drug industry the drug game right is, is, <laughs> is yes. lucrative but like what well, like even Jesus imagine Christ. Like, like people coming in handling all this money and cash and like yeah just like it was I, yeah it, I, it was even, I had like, so many questions but then I was like I don't think I want to know any she, of the answers like to her it. office seems like such a mess like such a mess probably like cash all over the place oh and my like, god she's lucky she didn't get robbed I know I'm shocked none of these people robbed her I know well then that but she also had, had an NOPD officer so like nobody's gonna That's fuck true. with an NOPD officer and, and people, the one that was in the surveillance tape that yeah. Mr. Dan was taking oh yeah because yeah, mind no you nonsense, Dan no. was all up in there with a camera with a video and Miss Ann Miss Ann and she Mr. Was, Dan were all up in there with a camera <laughs> I was like this is the greatest thing she ever she was like oh I could hear in her voice she's like are we okay <laughs> I don't feel safe. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and I heard a new phrase, a pill mill. Pill mill, yes. I never heard that phrase before. Yeah. And so I was like, well, that makes sense. Like, yeah. But, yeah. like, the cops were nothing to fuck with. That one cop on the surveillance camera, like, I mean, the surveillance tape was, like, not someone that I would want to mess with at right. all. Um. So all of this is happening, and Mr. Dan keeps sending this to the FBI and to the DEA. To the point where they're like. To the point where the FBI literally called him, which he recorded, and said, Of course. You need to stop. Yeah, you gotta like. I'm gonna need you to calm it down. Yeah, you gotta. Just slow your roll. Yeah. Slow it down. And um, but he drove to their offices. Oh, my God. He drove. He would drive to the DEA. He would drive to the FBI. He would drive. No. They were like. removed from the premises. Right. They were like, get the fuck out of here. You're so annoying. We're trying to do business. Of course we, Mr. Dan. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, but Mr. Dan, obviously, the death toll started to rise in St. Bernard due to overdoses and due to, like, all of these prescriptions. So he's like, I'm still giving out all these prescriptions. I'm still doing all of this. And he goes, 
the DEA was just moving too slow, to which I LOL'd out loud. I, know, I was like, like laughing out loud to that. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, okay, Dan, the DEA's moving too slow. Which towards the end of it, towards the end of the whole thing, I was like, okay, yeah, kind of. I also thought they were moving a little slow because I'm like, yeah. this one man who's got zero experience with anything, seriously, except for helping us solve his son's murder. If he can go in there and find all of this, the right. fuck are you doing? Like, right. you know, but the 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 DEA lady did say um, that they have a lot of more a lot more hoops to jump through right. because of legal. the Yeah, like yeah. legal, you know, the, the attorneys and the attorney general and like all right. of that kind of stuff. They have so many hoops to jump through. So they needed like an ironclad case and they didn't have it. Well, and Mr. Dan, you know, is watching people who would have been his son's age. Totally. Dying. Yeah. People he would give prescriptions to and he knew. He felt responsible. And then he would see, they would start to read the obituaries. And like he would realize, oh, those are, you know. And he would keep a list and like tick people's name off when they, you know, it was like. Was it Robbie said they called it the death list or something? Yeah. And they would, like, tick people's names off. Yeah, it's like so it was just too much. Yeah, Didn't, it's, like, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, for him, it was personal. For the DEA, it was a case. A case, yeah. It was, like, another yeah. case. And that's what he was ma- even yeah. more mad about because he was, like, right. people are actually dying. Right. And even the DEA agent was, like, no, we know. Like, people are actually dying. And that's what they were telling the attorney general. But they can't share all of that with regular citizens. So it's, like, right. you know, Mr. Dan had no idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then the end of the second episode yeah. is the car chase. Yeah. And basically, Mr. Dan goes to film Dr. Cleggett's office again. Yeah. And Cleggett has some sort of security team, security detail. That's yeah. not the police, because it, it was somebody else who starts following him. Some sort of goons. Some sort of goons. Yeah. Some, some goons following him. And he, so he like runs to the what well, races to the FBI goes in there and yeah. starts like of course everything is recorded, recorded. <laughs> goes in there and is like there are people chasing me they're doing right. this like they're doing that blah 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 he calls Ann he's like everybody you know like but watch yourself like people are yeah, you know he's worried about us. them going to his home yeah to get his wife and daughter naturally and I my, my favorite part is like he's not only recording this like on a tape recorder <laughs> but he's videotaping his yes. car chase and you can see like these <laughs> shalmet homes just these like oh God, suburban he's brick like in the middle of a subdivision like, <laughs> just like zoom in like <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Mr. Dan, man, he's badass. It's so funny. He's badass, for I sure. I was worried about him. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, no. I was a little worried, too. And so, basically, you know, everyone starts to – he even starts to think, like, am I a crazy person? Right. Like, am I nuts worth it? Even anyone following me? Right. The FBI is definitely, like, you you crazy. You're, like, you're, you're a your little own. psycho. You're on you're your own, on homie. Your own. Yeah. yeah. So – so yeah, so we get to episode three, and I love. I, I want to point this out because I liked the title of episode three, which was "Dope Dealers with White Lab Coats." Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, "I see you. I see mm-hmm. you, Netflix. <laughs> I see what you're doing. What you're doing Netflix." Yeah. Um. So. Right. Oh, so the number you read out before that was actually. 10 pharmacies that the DEA oh, okay. checked into. Yeah. Okay. So they clarify that in yeah. in this in one of the next episodes because um but that was only 10 pharmacies. So 10 full That's pharmacies crazy. she wrote over she prescribed over 182,000 
Oxycontin. From one doctor. From one doctor. Cleggett. Which is like insane. Yeah. One doctor in one year. Right. From only 10 different pharmacies. I was right. like, how the yeah, fuck more? Least, like, yeah. Who, yeah. I mean, if they only went to 10, I could imagine it's probably double that if they went Wherever to like else. all of them around Chalmette and yeah. New Orleans East. Or Mississippi or wherever. Yeah. Because they're real close to. Right. So, um, so one part that I loved. So episode three introduces us to Brobson Lutz. <laughs> Brobson, um is someone I know by name only just because he used to he's a right he writes as well yes um so he's in Ashley and I's writing realm yeah world um so I just thought it was it's funny when you watch something like a docuseries and you like know the person yes like oh that guy like and he's I mean he also Robson has a very unique look he does he's got those big glasses the thick uh round round uh or are they wooden? They look They it. look wooden. Yeah. But it, I mean, it could be anything. Yeah. Um, and he, Very he rocks a bow tie. Yes, he does. Um, like nobody's well business. Yeah. yeah. He's a, he's a, a sharp dresser. Yes. Snazzy dresser. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he was the director of health um, starting in 1983. And I think he was the director of health for the, this area for a, a long, long time, time, like a couple of decades. Yes. So he knew all about this like epidemic so this is when they really get into um which i appreciated they really got into the depth of like big pharma and how How all of this went down and how oxycontin got developed so oxycontin was made by purdue pharma right so purdue is this huge company and they have i put creepy fucking lurch guy so purdue showed these like different tapes and like they had so they had these promotional videos and they had these like different things and this is when we meet the um the sales rep for for purdue yeah who was kind of telling us about cleggett like in the beginning and stuff and they said that people aren't really getting addicted they just look like they're addicted Mm and i'm I, I paused it. And mom was like, why are you pausing? I'm like, because I just can't understand yeah. <laughs> what that person just said. I don't know. How could you say that with a with a straight face and not think that you're an insane person? You know, and it was developed to be a positive alternative. You know, right. it was supposed to be last longer so people could be pain free for 12 hours instead of just a couple. And you, right. they, they have a couple of, what, two or three people that say – Talk about how it changed their lives for the right. better. Right. And so, so, yeah, all of these, like, happy-go-lucky yeah. people are right. all up in their, their yeah. push, the, the sales tools that right. they're using. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they talked to, and they talked about how our country, as a, a set aside from right now, but there are two main times that um, – the opioid addiction right. was huge. So it yes. was during the Civil War right. and then um, yeah. during Vietnam right? because of the injuries and the PTSD and, like, right. all of that kind of stuff. But right. I also was like, hi, Minnie Wallace. Everybody was using opium and <sighs> opioids and all that shit up yeah. in there. It was clearing all and the kind of and everything. Yeah, clearing all the Ooh. things yeah. from your syphilis to mm. your gold. Yep. Like, opium was the way yeah. to go. Yeah. Um, but F- the FDA, I thought this was weird, even mm. though 
it had proved that things like these could be like things like this could be addicting Mm -hmm. and we had two major periods in our history Mm -hmm. where it was a problem Problem. yeah the fda approved purdue like allowing them to say that it had a it had lower addictive qualities right than other medicines right i'm like are you that's what and the guy that works the, the the purdue sales rep guy was Honestly, probably one of the best part. Him and Robbie were for me the best parts of he kind both of, of these. Told it like it, he like it told is. it like it was. Yeah, like he was not happy. He was like, "Yeah, they put all of this shit on there." I mean, if the FDA yeah. is saying it, why would any of us? The doctors didn't think they were right. Doing anything like, wrong. why would they? Yeah, they didn't think I mean, they were doing anything wrong. It aside, right? Clag it aside. But you know. regular doctors like yeah. didn't think that they were they were doing anything wrong. Right. Um. And this is when he said that. So this guy that they interviewed. He was a sales rep for, mm-hmm. he had the South Louisiana Territory. That's right. Uh-huh. And with a couple of other people. It was like him and a couple of other people. And he said the sales rep for New Orleans East, even though the guy that was talking said he did well and his numbers were growing and fine or whatever, the New Orleans East guy was blowing him out of the water. Yeah, like, just New Orleans East. Right. He was making close to $800,000 a year as a territory rep, which is – and I, I have I family that members that too. are territory reps, like, yeah. for different products and stuff like that. That is unheard of. That's crazy. Unheard of. I would have been like, are you stealing money? For, like, are for you – New Orleans East, which is not a large no, population no, of people. no. no. I can understand if that was right. a large city. Right. This is a part of a small city. Right. And his his territory was gaining prescriptions more than any other territory in the country. In the whole country. Yeah. New Orleans East. Shocking. New Orleans East. Crazy. Over the entire country. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Another, another top list that I don't – that. As New Orleanians, we uh, don't like to be at the top. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But I just, I, that blew me away. I know. It blew me away. That Could is you imagine making $800,000 because this one doctor is prescribing. And you know he was just selling basically to her. Oh, my God. Like, like he, he there was nobody just, else. Yeah, he didn't know, have to. He probably could go to a few other doctors, but why, why should he have to? Yeah. So he said, I thought this was funny. This guy was like, okay, let me go. He's selling basically to this one doctor. Let me go check her out. Yes. Maybe we could like, you know, go have on this situation yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So he said he wanted to go see her. Yeah. But he couldn't because the sun was still out. Right. And he, he <laughs> thought, okay, hmm. you know, he said, hmm. he said, okay, that's different hours for a doctor. <laughs> you think your red flags weren't going like what the, f- I would have been like, what the fuck is going on? We open at midnight. Right. When, what? what are your hours? Um, 1130 to three. Right. And they were like, oh, so AM to PM. No, PM to AM. <laughs> like, I still couldn't quite figure out why would she do that? Is it so people who were working jobs during the day could then come get their drugs at night or to be undercover I, of, I would think it, it was more undercover. Just so people I would assume. notice. I mean, I don't know when people buy drugs normally, so. I mean, I would just It strikes me as a nighttime activity. It just, it, I guess I was thinking if she wants to appear legitimate. Yeah. You would not open at 1130. Oh, nothing that more. she did, I don't think she gave two fucks about looking legitimate <laughs> i think she thought she was untouchable and definitely you know she was fine and so also crazy 
Yeah. Which we'll get into later. <laughs> right. Yeah. But so the the rep guy is basically like, I knew, he's like, I didn't want to be connected with, yeah. you know, illegal activity. He's like, but then they slap a $35,000 bonus check on you for one quarter. And it's like, how do you know if you're struggling or, you know, yeah. even trying to make money, like, how are you going to turn that away? Oh he's goodness. like, maybe it'll get better. I was like, oh, sweet. No. Sweet angel. No. I was like, you knew it wouldn't get better. He knew. <laughs> you knew. You he were knew. trying to tell yourself, protect yeah. yourself. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, Mr. Dan... If we go back to Mr. Dan and he's still asking people, he's got the death list. He's asking people, yeah. you know, why they have this, what's going on. Um, and then there was a rumor. There was this pharmacist who lost his son. Uh. That was like start to the Purdue people like Purdue found out about this. That was starting to make noise. Troublemaker. And troublemaker for Dr. Claggett. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and Mr. Dan actually went on the news in 01 to talk about it yeah. and to talk about um, him taking a leave of absence from his That's job right. to yeah. focus on bringing this doctor down. So, yeah, he goes on the news and he says... The notorious doc- Mr. Dan. Mr. The notorious Mr. Dan. He's getting a reputation. Right. And he goes and he says that he's going to focus on this 24-7. Right. And the DEA basically was like, please don't do that. And you know his wife was probably... Oh, God. Miss Ann. Miss poor Miss Ann was like... Why? <laughs> and his daughter... Yeah, Christy. Like, stop recording everything we say all the time. He didn't understand why the DEA was not taking down this doctor and right. not being like, right, I'm going to go arrest you immediately. Because it was, I mean, she made it pretty blatantly obvious what she was, like, what was happening there, but yes. nobody could touch her. And it, no. it was, and she knew that too. Right. Because she was a licensed physician writing prescriptions. Technically, she wasn't doing anything wrong. Right. Right. According to like Accor- the book exactly the yeah. yeah according to the rules she right. wasn't technically doing anything wrong Until. especially if he was she- seeing the patients and, right. and doing all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. well in 2001 mm-hmm. um this problem started making national right atten- getting national attention so time magazine yes. newsweek like all of these people started writing about the opioid crisis mm-hmm. and and that's when it really kind of like started i was a little surprised that it started that early me too um i didn't it was, think it was that early and i too. i mean not that i was reading newsweek at 10 um but <laughs> <laughs> sorry <Okay. laughs> but uh, um, but yeah it's like not that i was yeah. reading newsweek in 01 yes. but i feel like I did hear the news and watch the news so it's like I thought it was a more recent yeah I thought it was a more recent yeah. like push yeah. and 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 crusade yeah so and in in the Time Magazine article they said St. Bernard yes. was the biggest hub for the Oxycontin issue mm-hmm. like they That's were the too. biggest leading the nation leading the nation in this St. Bernard yes St. like not a big place this is a rural <laughs> yeah small area right and it was leading in the nation in right. the whole country every single city in the country right sam and i was leading it in the in the addiction the problem cases yeah yeah so this is what you you know after all of that kind of happened the dea finally goes to the doctor's house yes and sees that even though she in 01 put in two million dollars worth of cash deposited that mm-hmm. She was living. It was disgusting. Yeah, it was so nasty. Gross. It was gross. There, were, there was stuff, stuff everywhere. everywhere. Like, like it was 
awful. Just a mess. It was so bad. And it was it was funny because so she was asleep in the morning when they walked in. She right. was asleep she'd because she'd been up all night. Obviously. Yeah, she'd been up all night. And when they when they woke her up though, she was acting weird. Mm-hmm. She was, you know, like all over the place and stuff. And so they figure she was also taking she also had a prescription drug problem. Definitely. Which I'm like, are you not supposed to get high on your own supply? Like, why are you not supposed to do the same thing you're selling? I mean, I don't. Isn't that a rule? I don't think you're allowed to write yourself a prescription, but question mark? I don't know. Yeah. I it's don't like, know. how did, then how did she, unless she was giving people prescriptions and then they was like, you have to give back. me like two or something, right. like two back or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm not, not really sure. And so. She almost, so the DEA went because they were trying to get her to sign a paper Mm -hmm. taking away her license to give prescriptions out. And she almost did it. She almost, like, the DEA agent, agent, like, had her. She was, like, almost ready to sign it. And then, basically, they said something about her children and she didn't sign it because oh, it was about school. Yeah, it was. She wanted to send them to. Yeah, so an so school. well, they were talking about her children. Yeah. Like, where were they or whatever? Right. And then she kind of like snapped out of it and was like, yeah. "Oh wait, yeah, I'm not signing this because that's my whole money train." She's like, "My kids have to go to school. Like, yeah. I can't, you know, can't do anything about that." And so then the DA was like, "Well, fuck, like yeah, they can't miss that option." Yeah. Well, you know, but so finally. Um, we get to, we make a little headway here. Yes. And Mr. Dan watches a 2020 article about a doctor in Ohio. Right. Who was arrested for operating a pill mill. Right. And Mr. Dan, because he is the, the man wonderful that man is, that he is. With his tape recorder. With his tape recorder. Huh. Calls the prosecutor that tried the case yeah. in Ohio. Of course, he taped it. Uh, yeah, and of course. The the prosecutor said, "You hear him go, holy cow!" Yeah. When <laughs> like, Mr. Whoa. Dan tells him that she has NOPD officers like at in the waiting room, like right. helping her, like, he's boy, like, you, "I can't." You got, what is you even got a real pickle? Yeah, there. he's like, "You're <laughs> you're in a pickle, sir," because that's that's unheard of. That yes. was, it was it was unheard he of. He was shocked, it's, shocked, and he Everyone, had just seen the same sort the of same situation. situation. He just prosecuted this case right but that doctor didn't have the fucking uh-uh. ohio police department no you know up nor, in his waiting room nor probably not dealing with the volume <laughs> dr right. Claggett no was... not pushing out the same the yeah. same kind of uh yeah so he tells mr dan that he key. has to go the key because mr dan's mm-hmm. like what the fuck did you do like right. how did how you did get, get this them? woman because the prosecutor also said the dea was not not helpful. not really not not, not helpful yeah, but not, not helpful wasn't moving because they had to go through all this red tape and and all that and he tells mr dan that he needs to get the cooperation from the medical board right. and they'll go in and do an investigation so anytime that the medical board receives a complaint mm-hmm. or um an issue brought up with a doctor they have to investigate it right so i was like <laughs> yeah like that we'll sucks for you um yeah so they go in, and of course, Brobson Lutz yes. is um, is the head of, like, looks into it for the state medical board. Mm-hmm. Brobson is helping them look at it. And so this guy named George Papale? Papale? Pap- pep- 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 
Pepe. Pepe. Mm-hmm. Pepe. George. George. Um, <laughs> George from <laughs> all the like medical board yes. stuff. Calls, this guy. Yeah. Calls Mr. Dan and says, do you want to get involved with this? I was like, where you been, bitch? Yeah, I don't think you know Mr. Dan. I don't very think you well. know. He's in it. He's full on in he it. Is all, he is. He's, he's more in it than you are. Like he is. He is in there. I was like, he's got he's, years worth of tapes, bitch. He's been years done worth. in it. Right. I'm like, he's wondering where you've been. Yeah, exactly. Where, where the fuck you've you been? Come on. And so Mr. Dan goes, I sure do. <laughs> so he says, I'm like, okay. He has such a great so, positive attitude about everything. I know. He's but like, I sure do want to get right back on in there. This is of also taped. All, tape. Obviously. You can hear all of this. I mean, it's I like, feel like anything we say, any quotes, you should just assume it was taped. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Mr. Dan goes back to the pharmacy because yeah. obviously they need a man on the inside. And Mr. Dan's like, I got you, boo. Here we go. I'm mm-hmm. all up in there. And but part of part of the agreement with Mr. Claude was <laughs> right. he had to leave his tape recorder at home. Right, exactly. No, he did not. Did of not. course he did not. How surprise. Could he? Surprise, surprise. <laughs> uh Mr. Dan did not. No. So while he's working again, he says a 16-year-old comes in and has a bunch of prescriptions. And the mom says the daughter has sickle cell. Right. And she was given 80 milligrams of oxycotton. And he said the kid weighed 100 pounds. Right. That could put out an elephant. Right. That would kill her. That would kill her. It, it would, would kill 100% her. kill her. Like, that's like, you know, it was not even. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he said, but sadly, he didn't bring the recorder that day. So he couldn't. The one day. The one day. But so he says he calls. He said he can call the doctor, though, and like right. put a put a little alert on it yeah. or whatever. So apparently, I guess if a pharmacist. Yeah. Saw something, had a question, saw something, the dosage, (laughs) saw something iffy. Yeah. You know, they could, they could call. Yes. So, um, he calls Dr. Claggett. Dr. Claggett. Calls her. I was like, Mm -hmm. this is the moment we've been waiting for. Yeah. So calls Dr. Claggett. That's crazy. Gives the kid's name and asks if she wrote the prescription. And she says she did. Because why would you deny anything? And he says that they could overdose a child. And she said, quote, yep. Who the fuck made you a doctor and hung up? Boom. What? I was like, what? This bitch. She's she thinks she's untouchable. In, yes. She thought she was untouchable. Insane. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no, ma'am. Yeah. No, ma'am. Mm-mm. So mm. he said that the doctor in the hospital that – so he calls the ho- – of course, because he's not done with this – calls the, the hospital where she first went in with – with problems yes, um, before right. she went to Dr. Mm-hmm. Cleggett and the doctor in the hospital let the doc- let the girl go with a Tylenol. Tylenol. Yeah. Gave her a Tylenol. Right. And this bitch is giving her 80 milligrams of Oxycontin. Right. What? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. So he, Mr. Dan thinks this is the smoking gun. Like exactly. this is, this is what he needed. Yeah. So he tells everybody, everybody gets involved. Everyone's, you know, all of that. So on Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. they the St. Bernard PD and the DEA storm her office. Yeah. Finally. It's like, yes, like this is the moment we've been waiting for. They found money and stacks and stacks of prescriptions that were already signed. Right. Just waiting for her, like just, we said before, waiting to put the date and the name of the person on it. Yeah. And it said it all she also was started to threaten them. So she yeah. was like pissed and the DA agent lady was like I like she was so mad because she knew that this was like cutting off her money train and like 
She knew her world was ending. She started threatening them. Yeah. She started saying, like, wherever you are, whoever you are, you're dead. Like, right. whoever each one of you are in here, like, right. I, you're dead. And it's like. The balls to threaten <laughs> DEA agents who <laughs> you know have you. Right. And the, the DEA lady was oh like, that is unheard of to yeah. threaten, like, a federal agent. Like, yeah. you are threatening a federal agent. That's insane. <laughs> you're going to kill them. That's insane. Obviously, she was on drugs. Yeah. Then. The I didn't think it could get crazier at this point. I know. I did not think, mm-hmm. I did not think anything in this moment. I was like, there has been a car chase. There has been, um, Robbie has gone undercover <laughs> all up in there. The DEA they has gone undercover. They had liver and onions at the Shones. They had all of this stuff. I'm like, he he talked to the guy in Ohio. He yep. got a smoking gun. He did all of this, and then they dropped the motherfucking bomb on you. And Dr. Frickin' Cleggett sits down and she's about to be interviewed. There she is. And I almost flipped my laptop. I was like, no. Like, I couldn't believe so many things. I couldn't believe she would have the balls to be interviewed on camera. She looks freaking crazy. She looked awful. Awful. Crazy. Awful. Like, and I told, like, all, like I, I said out loud, I was like, there has to be something. Wrong with something her? happened to her. I was yeah. like, she had to have a stroke. She had to have something. Because yeah. she looked. Something was wrong. Something was so wrong. And I, 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 <laughs> I had no words. I saw her come on and I'm like, fuck me. I don't know that, how they convinced these how people. How did they to convince get her to do that? On camera. How did they convince her to. The same with the the son's murderer. Oh my god, I know. Jeffrey. Like, it, well, I think Jeffrey actually felt bad. Doctor Cleggett does not, does not feel bad. She does all. not think she did a single no. fucking thing wrong. No, not she does a not. thing. She thinks she is perfect. She doesn't yes. understand why. She said that was the worst day of her life. Yep. Well, bitch, what about all the other people who you murdered and like who? Because I think it's murder. If you know that you're oh, giving yeah. prescriptions out to people and they're gonna go probably abuse whatever you're giving them. Yes. No, that's, that's not. Her office was open at eleven thirty at no. night. No. And so she, like I said, she had some sort of like speaking issue. Something was wrong. And I I kept sitting there. I'm like, she had to have something wrong with her. Yeah. Because one, she couldn't have been, she can't be that old. Like she's not, she's middle-aged, but like not like old, old. No, because there's footage of her like that Mr. Dan shot. Yeah. And and she's she's young. She's like slim, active active looking, looking. looks like athletic, like kind of thing. Yeah. Like she was totally fine. So I'm like, something happened to this bitch. Yeah. And whoa yes it um, did. <laughs> right yeah. and so mr dan had to testify yes. we find out that she they they brought up a bunch of cases against her she had a lot of people asking her not to treat their brothers sisters husbands etc like mm-hmm. all of these people they had like complaints filed against her yeah. because of this like trying to get her to not sell um, not sell well, yeah like not sell these prescriptions to, to their to their family, family members yeah, yeah exactly and which is like such a desperate move from a family oh my god like, could you, you imagine like can you please give a prescription can you please not do that yeah family member like yeah Just you're you're in your last the doctor please. the end of your rope if you're like right. going to the doctor being like please, please do, do not. not do this and any normal doctor would be like oh no i'm not gonna I won't give them that anymore. Right. Like, you're fine kind of thing. Right. You're saying that your person has a substance abuse problem. Then maybe we should look into an alternative. <laughs> right. You know, maybe some, like, yoga and meditation or, like, yeah. I am really into dry needling now. You know. I love a good dry needling <laughs> sesh. 
It helps. It works wonders, people. Yes. It does a lot. Acupuncture. Yes. All of those things. It's, it's, there's other options. There's other things you can do. So then they tell us that in May 2002. Right. She was supposed to have her hearing, like a hearing for the first hearing for her, for her, her case. And lo and behold, Mm -hmm. this bitch was hospitalized Mm -hmm. for an opioid addiction. Mm Mm-hmm. Surprise, is anyone shocked? Because yeah. I wasn't fucking shocked. I was like, that makes perfect fucking sense. And so she couldn't make the hearing, the right. first hearing for it. And she, but then the kicker of this whole thing is in an interview with the Netflix people or whoever made the documentary. Yep. She tells them, they ask her straight out, like, did you have an addiction problem? And she said she didn't. I'm like, you were put in a hospital. <laughs> This woman <laughs> denies her whole life. She's so like yeah, uh, yeah. It doesn't so I out of it. So like, don't know. Not in tune with reality no, at all. No reality at all. There's no reality for her, yeah. and it, it's all like she was like, no, I didn't have a drug problem. I was no. fine. I was, you know, I. Uh, she can she handle it. Yeah, she can handle it. She wasn't self medicating or right. anything. Yeah. But um, so after this, basically, it didn't look good for her hearing that like yeah. she went in for an opioid addiction. Not a good look. So she right, she agreed to um give her up her medical license. Yeah. But she did not have to admit any wrongdoing. Right. Which I was kind of like, that's a fucking cop out. I know. That was a cop out. Not that I I was happy that like she wasn't able to do pres- like give prescriptions anymore. out anymore. She couldn't yeah. practice medicine. She couldn't do anything like that. But I'm like. She doesn't she, admit anything. So you're just buying into her people. alternate reality that right. she has done nothing wrong. Right. And she's totally peach keen and fine. Right. And it's it's like I get you wanted to like, it's quote, madness. get your man kind of thing. But I'm just like, yeah. at what, you know, she needed to pay for that. Yeah. So um, years, a couple of years later, she was indicted um, for a couple of different things. Not all of the charges that were brought against her it was like one it was one one bad they, they, I think like they charged her with one one thing out of they started with like 30 or yes. something like that and they charged her with one one and she got probation right well she also got probation then we find out that she was in um right before the indictment was happening she was in a horrific car accident right um she was with someone and they were going like 80 down a road and it like probably like ran oh i'm sure the second she was like yeah we were going fast down the road and she's saying all of this like she's retelling this fucking story casual as all hell like i'm like she had like a (laughs) spinal fracture yeah so things like she had a hangman's fracture oh right which is like the same Mm -hmm. fracture you get if like went like that's when yeah. you're hung, that's how you die because yeah. your neck breaks right. like that. So she had a fracture to right. her neck in the right. same place that like that happens. And she had five skull fractures. Right. And then she had two brain hemorrhages. Right. So that she kind always, of is she what. She obviously has brain Right. She's trauma. got some brain trauma. You can yeah. tell because the way that she speaks. Um, I yeah. kept saying, I feel like she had to have had a stroke. Yeah, because it, it was like a, a lot like um, her mannerism. She was leaning to one side. It looked like she couldn't really use that one side. Some paralysis. It was, yeah, some paralysis kind of thing. So, yeah. I, you know, my grandma had gone through a stroke mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And so I kind of like knew mm-hmm. what went on with that. So I was like, I was very convinced. But a brain hemorrhage, I mean, essentially. Same. Yeah. Along the, not the same thing, but along the same lines. Yeah. Um, Yeah. She basically was like, you, I should have died in that 
accident and she didn't but she was in the hospital for weeks yeah like intubated for weeks that's why she said her voice was funny because it's higher pitched and five weeks she was yeah five or six weeks she was intubated so she that's what she said it changed her whole way of speaking and her whole voice yeah i just i i was i had to be intubated for um a surgery I did yeah and that hurts oh yeah like I couldn't imagine having that for six weeks because right. the next day I didn't even know I was intubated until after I mean you don't yeah. know what the fuck's happening no. when you're in surgery but um I didn't know until I got up and I I like went to move my head and like my neck sore. my whole throat hurt yeah it was sore yeah well obviously because something you know is down your throat that's not supposed to be there but um but I was like for six when she said that I'm like I remember I still vivid and that was a long time ago I vividly remember that feeling and how it felt yeah. and I'm like six weeks she must have been so much pain but this then, lady though like. but then linda with her her wise ass words mm. just after this she explains the whole car accident explains all of her stuff uh-huh. what's your mom say she goes karma's a bitch man uh, and i was like shit linda you reap what you sow but i was like you're right i mean, I mean you basically kill people and you put negative you put negative and I fully believe about shit like you that put, out there. You put negative shit out into the universe. Come back you put you. all of that. That's why when anything ever happens to somebody, you know, they they have a bad day, they lose somebody, they you know, all of that kind of stuff. I always tell them I'm sending positive vibes your way because yes. it has to feel so negative around you, yes. so like all you know, just black and horrid and like all of that. That so I say I always tell people I'm sending send it, po- positive vibes your way yeah. and. It's just like if you send out negative yeah. shit into the world, you're going to only get negative back. Like that's I mean, all you're going to get. And I hate to say this about somebody, but like yeah. you kind of deserved what you had coming to you. She was living a shady life. And shady I, ass life. I have two kids and I can't imagine if I had a child that was addicted to something. Oh my and God. this woman is enabling their addiction with no feelings towards it right. like she like i'm sure she sleeps well at night mm-hmm. i'm sure she's totally fine she thinks she did nothing she wrong. thought she did they asked day. her the the producer asked her off yeah. camera like do you think like do you remember anyone yeah. dying any of your patients dying and she when i tell you it felt like she looked off for like five minutes and she like looks <laughs> off like thinking you know i'm like where's dan schneider because he could give you a whole fucking list we of people a tape, we got probably. a cassette tape we got a death list like we got all mr dan's got all this shit okay <laughs> like you need a reference yeah. sweetie we got you yeah. like mr dan's got you yeah but yeah so it's you know she kind of she basically they worked out a plea yeah she was facing 20 years they worked out a plea she got um one count of conspiracy to give a controlled substance and she still says, I have not done what they said I did. She will still not. She's never going to say that. No. And I'm like, Karma even came at you with this like horrible car accident. And you're still not like, maybe I should self-reflect. Yeah. Like maybe I should go to like a meditation maybe retreat a or something. Is being like, sent here. Yeah. Like I think the universe is trying to tell me like, I'm a horrible person. Maybe I should not be a horrible person anymore. Right. You know, just, no. just an idea, just a thought that, you know, just putting that out there. Yeah. But maybe you shouldn't be a twat face. Doing that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Ruining people's lives, killing people. Right. Um, so the D and the I felt bad. This is when I felt bad for the DEA lady because she was like, what she got did not fit the crime that she no. committed, and they were not happy about they it. Knew it. Yeah. And they, you know, and the DEA lady said she was like, they're not the people that were prosecuting these things are not on the ground. They're not here, you know. Like the D, because the DEA is a federal agency, so they right. have to get it has to go from the top down, kind of thing. And right. so, in order for the DEA to do anything, 
the reason why she was on trial and prosecuted is because of the medical board and yeah. what Mr. Dan helped with Robson and the medical board, they like all that kind of stuff. Done that without. No, without all of that. And if you think about that, one man, one man, one man, all of it could do what all of these other things could not. Right, right. It's incredible. And, you know, so it just yeah it. it yeah, it, it just didn't, it didn't end the way, no. I, I wasn't satisfied with that. No. Um, you know, at least he got her out of business. Right. She can't, she can never so, have her medical license again. But. You know, she at least know. got one count of something, so yeah. she never will get her medical license again no. because she, you know, had at least one count against no. her. She I mean. She can't function anymore. She can't, yeah, she either. can't, she did not look like she could physically no. move anymore either. No. Um. Yeah. But yeah. So after all of this kind of wraps up and then goes to Mr. Dan and he says, I thought this might be the end of this to which I was like, what the fuck else could happen? But he meant like the opioid crisis. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was like, like, what are you going to do next? I'm like, did she like change her name and like try to be a, I I was like, I don't know. Go to Columbia and like take on, you know. I know, know. like Like all the all the is it cocaine next? Are we go? Are we moving drugs around? I was like, what the actual Mexico and shake on El Chapo or something? You know, like right. But he just meant in general the the epidemic, and they uh, they you know they kind of talk about that a little bit more. Um, He described it as a black tunnel, a dark tunnel that he Mm -hmm. hoped they would see the light. You know, at the end of the tunnel, or he would at least be able to make light at the end of the tunnel. Right. Um, and he had, you know, I think he kind of took this, which it's so, it's it's great to see how two people can be involved with something, mm-hmm. Cleggett and Mr. Dan, yeah. and takes, what they take away from the situation right. was so polar opposite. Oh, yeah. Cleggett's over here, doesn't think she did anything mm-hmm. wrong, went on, Living lived her, her happy life. little life, yeah. like, is doing whatever, and like all of that. And Mr. Dan's like, I saw this as an opportunity to save more kids like my son. Like, right. I saw this as an opportunity because he's like, I got Cleggett off the street. I helped do all of that. Now this is my opportunity. Yeah. And so he starts this um, charitable organization mm-hmm. um, to try to um, – it's called Tunnel of Hope because mm-hmm. there's a tunnel, like a – they're a long stretch of highway right. in St. Bernard um, that has a lot of oak trees, trees around it. So it's yeah. kind of like a tunnel. And him mm-hmm. and Danny used to mm-hmm. drive down it in their convertible that they redid and, yeah. and all of that. So he called it Tunnel of Hope. And yeah. he starts talking to high school kids. And yeah. he starts going around and trying to, like – open people's eyes to what this is going to do to you. It's like, you think, you know, you're just taking a painkiller and it's not, yeah, it's not an issue, but right. This could snowball into something humongous. Um, so of course, of course, um, Katrina, that fucking bitch. I know. Um, and here's, I had problems with it. We're talking about hurricane Katrina yeah. for anyone. No. We just refer to her as Katrina now. Cause she a bitch. Um, I couldn't watch the footage of um, them yeah. returning to their home. Right. I couldn't. So, of course, which I kind of, like, I get a little aggravated because I'm like, do we have – I Katrina <laughs> – Okay. I so Katrina was definitely part of this story. Like, he – so Katrina, Mr. Dan, was doing a lot to try to get laws changed in St. Bernard. And, and, and he had a city council meeting scheduled, and Katrina ruined that. So it, it ruined his chance to try to get this bill passed to yeah. to help fix the opioid crisis. Right, right, right. Um, but it – <laughs> yeah, so they always have to show Katrina videos, it's, and I have to just for anyone not in New Orleans or not from New Orleans. <laughs> 
we don't really like looking at we can't I can't Katrina things nope. a whole lot. Um, but luckily, one good thing is all of Mr. Dan's evidence and yes. all of his stuff was saved because it was in the, in attic. the attic. Yeah, so that's so, why we still have all these wonderful tapes. Yeah, and Mr. Dan just went on, and now he's um, got the Tunnel of Hope, mm-hmm. and he's doing all kinds of things. Now he's got a new resurgence of stuff because of the Netflix series yeah, and which is amazing, which is awesome. And they talk a little bit at the end. Um, we won't go too much into it about Purdue pharma. Right. Um, Cause it's complicated. Cause it's very complicated, but and obviously it's still, kind of ongoing. it's still ongoing. And obviously, yeah. um, a lot of people were affected. Um, but you know, they made millions and billions of dollars yes. and the people that own Purdue went on to testify in different grand jury trials and stuff. And they do not think that they have done anything wrong. The and they Sackler still, family. the Sackler family. Yeah. yeah. And they still don't think that. No. Which prescri- prescription drugs are addicting. Not, you know, a la Dr. Cleggett. Yeah. Didn't do anything they, wrong. Yeah. They didn't do anything wrong. They yeah. just don't want to admit it. And they right. don't want to right. act like they did anything wrong. And they're going to sit on their 13 billion and Correct. just live their life. On their yachts. On their yachts somewhere. Wherever. I don't even know what I would do with thirteen billion dollars. I don't. Think I wouldn't have any more school debt anymore. With, <laughs> I mean, it's like you know they talk about Jeff Bezos and oh, like just giving millions of dollars away. Like, yeah, yeah, you can never ever spend all your money. I know. Even if you tried, I read somewhere once that um, if Bill Gates dropped a hundred dollar bill on the ground, it wouldn't be worth his time to pick it up. Oh my god, that's crazy! I, can't I was like, even. I will gladly walk behind him yes, can and I? pick up those hundred dollars he's like dropping he's like dropping. gum wrappers and we're like what is that <laughs> is that money <laughs> <laughs> i'll follow bill gates around picking yeah. up his money yeah, yeah. i'm gladly i'll Absolutely. gladly do that yeah but yeah so that's it so that listen, wrapped up i know we kind of went through it but if you haven't seen it um i highly recommend highly it. recommend it, it it's a wild ride it's a wild ride yeah this man mr dan is a hero and totally just can't he deserves say a monument. Good things about all this the person. things. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, the original podcaster. We're so lucky that we have yeah. him. And the one area. thing that Katrina didn't fuck up was mm-hmm. all of his Those cassette tapes. Cassette tapes. <laughs> Do you think maybe his wife was in, at some point was a little like, like damn it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that would get rid of it. I still want to know if he now uses his phone. Does he still record everything? Does he still record everything? Can Mr. You, Dan, we need can to he know. Ever stop. I don't think you can. I no, think it's an addiction. It's a habit. It's a habit. Oh I don't know. Yeah. But that's the story. Yeah, go watch it. Go check it out. Netflix. Yeah. It's four episodes, I think about like, an hour long yeah, each, not so it's not that long. long. Yeah. Um, and it's a good one. And it is good. Keep fighting the good fight, Mr. Dan. Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers.